I am. Oh, happy Mother's Day. I'm so glad you guys are here. Can we just give, I know we're going to do this a lot, can we give one more round of applause to all our moms in the building? So grateful for all of you and the future moms. And actually, can we give one more before she leaves? Can we give one more round of applause for Alyssa, who's leading worship like a thousand weeks pregnant right now? She's amazing. Look at that. She has like singing coming out of her opu. It's amazing. Thank you, Alyssa. That was oh, so powerful. Well, what a Mother's Day. What a beautiful day. I'm going to be absolutely, completely honest with you guys. It is one of my least favorite days to bring the Word of God ever. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed, I've been, I've been preaching on Mother's Days for, I think, the last, like, five years. Because I think Pastor Rick's like, Mark, go talk on Mother's Day. And this is, we've had so many, actually, I think, um, Cena's preached on Mother's Day before. We've had um, different women come and share testimonies. So it's been always beautiful. But this year, God has surprised me. Because as I asked this question, I asked one question to God this week, um, the last couple weeks as I've been preparing, I was like, God, why moms? Why mothers? Why is the system like this? What is this mystery that we call motherhood? What is spiritually happening in this process? And I, I think God, to me, was revealing more than meets the eye. And um, one thing I know about motherhood is, um, as that video says, is it's bigger than we conceptualize sometimes, Yeah. So sometimes we think a mother is just someone who nurtures, who has a baby and nurtures their baby until they turn 18 and they leave. And kind of your motherhood's kind of pow after that. And this, it's so much bigger than that. And it's so much more than that. So I'm going to jump into the scripture today and see what the Bible has to say about it. And we have some amazing moms in our church who are going to share um, some mo'olelo from their, from their experience of being moms. And um, yeah, let's just jump right in. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to put up here. We're going to jump into Genesis 3. Now, Genesis 3 is a weird place to start on Mother's Day because the fall of man just happened, right? So it's like, I want to just remind everybody, women bit the apple first, right? That's, no, I'm just kidding. That's not why we were talking about it. The point of this is something amazing happens after as a response to this. And so one of this, and you guys know this story, one of the responses after they ate the fruit, God had to come and lay down some boundaries. He had to come and say, okay, this is what has happened. This is what the consequence of your actions are going to look like. And he says this. Verse 16, he said to the woman, this is specifically to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. Wow. Seems kind of random, right? It's like, okay, you let sin enter the world. Your consequence, you're going to have a painful childbirth. It seems just sort of ostensibly, it seems like, where did that come from? Why is, can't I just like slave for 300 years and pay my price and be done with it? I made a mistake. Why is it that forevermore we will be feeling the pains of childbirth? It's such a peculiar thing, but we've skipped to verse 20, and I think this is where the heart of the matter comes in. Genesis 3:20 says this. He says, then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. Now, if you know Hebrew, the word Eve is, means life or it means breath. It's similar to those words. And so this, this idea is that Adam is giving his wife the name of life giver even after she just allowed sin to enter the world. They both did. But this is an interesting situation that get, Adam would so honor his wife by establishing this name, this banner, this kuleana over her, even despite what she has done. And so this gets me into the question of calling. What, are we, what is the calling part of motherhood? What has God designed this for? And um, there's an author named Vince Vitale. I want to read it because he says it so much better than I do. Sorry, it's not on screen, but I'll just read it out loud. 
He says this. Then, after their first interaction with God, after they have sinned, Adam names his wife Eve. It's a name of great honor. Eve is often understood to mean breath or life, and it is given to her because she would become the mother of all the living. Symbolically, it connects her with God's breathing life into Adam. And even the spellings of the names Eve and Yahweh show similarities in the original Hebrew. They have the same ending. In English, it would be something like a daughter Hannah giving, uh, having a mother named Joanna. This probably not uh, this is probably not the, the name Eve expected to be called after helping the cause of the fall of humanity. But even then, in her moment of great sin, she receives the honor of a name that symbolically connects her with God himself. Even amid the consequences of the fall, how generous and loving must God's interaction be with them who have been for Adam to choose that name for his wife. And then it says this, and then we're told that God made garments of skin for Adam and Eve. In ancient Middle Eastern culture, this was the exact opposite of what should, ha should have happened. Their clothes should have been torn to symbolize their disgrace. Instead, God made garments for them to cover their nakedness. And not only that, but the text gives this beautiful detail. It says, he clothed them. Imagine the intimacy of God pulling a shirt over your head and carefully guiding your arms through the sleeves before kneeling down to tie your shoelaces. God dresses Adam and Eve so that they would not be ashamed, foreshadowing the one day he would clothe us in Christ, as it says in Galatians, with the best robe with power from on high. So right from the very beginning, it is God's response to suffering that we see the love of God most clearly, a love that refuses to give up on us even when we cause great suffering. Isn't that good? This is to me the heart of motherhood. It's actually the heart of the father himself who says, even in your mess, I'm going to put your shirt on. <laughs> right, parents? How many times you like slap your kids, you like crack your kids, but you know at the end of the day, I still got to put their shirt on. <laughs> I still got to get this two-year-old in his diaper. And I can do it with a, with a gracious spirit or I can do it with a, a, a terrible spirit. But the point is, my kuleana, my responsibility that God has called me to do is to raise that child. And so we see something transfer here is this connection with Eve to Yahweh. The one who gave breath to Adam and Eve to begin with is now being, uh, becoming a banner over the woman, over the mother of Eve, who this is. And she is now who says in the scripture that she brings life to all. Isn't that amazing? So women, here's the first kind of encouragement that I found from this scripture is this, is that your calling to breathe life and nurture humanity isn't dependent on your performance. Isn't that good? <laughs> that whether you think you're a great mom, a bad mom, whether you've been thrown into motherhood, whether you're not a mom, like if you don't have your own biological kids, your calling to steward and nurture the life that God has put inside of you to bring grace and forgiveness and love and nurture and care to those around you is not dependent on your performance. That calling that God has put on you no matter what. And I believe that's what's one of the most important things we have to understand about our moms because I know for me growing up, it was so easy to, to uh, rebel against my mom. It was so easy to throw things at my mom, to swear at my mom. It was so easy to uh, just turn my back from anything my mom would have of me. But when I understand that there is this calling on her life that she's going to care for me, love for me, sacrifice for me, no matter how hard I push back, there's something beautiful that, that Jesus comes alive in those moments. Amen? 
And so I think all of us have a mom that has, has displayed this in some way, that though we are not perfect, the banner of giving life still hangs over each one of your heads in a very unique way. And so, <laughs> finding my notes here. And so I want to tell you that what was cool is I was looking at the biblical story of moms, right? And this is what, was, this is what really popped out to me is oftentimes, we, this is what we do on Mother's Day especially, we'd be like, oh, look, there's some great moms in the Bible. We point them out and say, look at Sarah, look at Mary, and there's these beautiful things. But when you connect the dots, I think there's something that, that's really beautiful about motherhood that we all kind of get access into, right? So we have Eve. Eve is the pioneer of giving life. She's called the, the one who, who would essentially birth all of humanity. She would be the mother of all humanity. Then we kind of move on, and then we see Sarah. Sarah, God's promise to have a nation through Israel depended on Sarah and her ability to give birth. This is amazing. Then we get to, there's so many other little stories. There's Leah, who is unloved by Jacob, but God didn't stop her motherhood. If you know that story, that even though she wasn't chosen by Jacob, God says, no, but even though you're unloved by a man, the banner of woman, the banner of mother still lingers over your head. I'm still going to have children through you, I'm still going it, to, it's relatively known that five of the 12 tribes of Israel came from the line of Leah, even though Jacob wanted nothing to do with her. This is not, man's plans will never get in the way of what God is doing. So there's something spiritually happening along all these stories. We have Ruth and Naomi, right? So Naomi's her mother-in-law. And Naomi, after the men die, Naomi says, basically, comes, becomes a spiritual mother figure to Ruth. And Ruth says, I want to be like you. Where you go, I want to go. Your God, I want that to be my God. And there's this spiritual mothering that, that is birthed out of tragedy. And then we get all the way, we can jump all these different mothers all the way to Mary, the Savior's life giver. The idea that our Savior himself, Christ, decided to enter this world through a teenage mother, someone to nurture him, someone to raise him, it's weird for us to think that the God of all creation would be nurtured by the breasts of a young mother. How backwards is that? The one who gives life needs to be sustained by the life he himself created. This is amazing. And so here's what has stood out to me so much, is that mothers, you don't just carry a physical, uh, you don't just carry physical life. Your job isn't just to make sure kids are healthy and not dying, <laughs> right? There's a spiritual life that, you are, that is so unique that God has put over your life. And mothers carry the physical and the spiritual life. The grace, the, the kingdom of God, as we see it develop, there would be no Israel without Sarah, right? There would be no Israel without the Ruths without the, and Naomi's, without the Leah's. Everything in God's plan rested on this calling he has given women to make sure spiritual life is continuing, that spiritual life is being nurtured. And so this is what's beautifully going on today. I want to ask you, how is this, Kuliana, how is this banner over your life as women and as mothers, how has this started shaping your life today? Have you had opportunities to mother, to share that nurturing, that those instincts that God has wired inside of you, have they been able to spread to those around you? Because I believe it's in there that God has put that in you, and he's wired you that way. So the gospel itself has leaned on the breath of women. And you guys remember this, the, the resurrection, the news of the resurrection came, and it was two women whose testimonies carried the weight of the resurrection story. This is a beautiful kuleana. These aren't accidents. 
It doesn't just so happen that there's women right where God needs them to be in the Bible, but the truth is that God has chosen women to carry a spiritual, to nurture a spiritual life throughout the entirety of the Bible, and I believe it continues today. And so, second thing I want to just encourage you as mothers that came to my heart is this, is that you're calling all women, whether you're a mother, you have been a mother, whatever motherhood has looked like for you in your life, your call to nurture people into the kingdom of God goes beyond family walls. And we, we have to recognize this because one of the greatest gifts I have seen is watching my own mother uh, love and care for people when she was working at Pac Rim, when she had been mentoring young women, seeing her pour into people. And as a son, it was a weird thing. You're like, that's my mom. She only speaks life to me. You know what I mean? Like, that's, don't, don't you dare. But here's what's crazy, is watching the, recognizing that that, that calling over her life to raise and shepherd young people into the kingdom of God was so much bigger than me, so much bigger than my brothers. And it's one of the most wonderful things I've seen is seeing God take that gift and use it bigger than me. And so in, for a season of her life, it was all me. Uh, we were on the receiving end of all that love and grace from our own mother for years and years and years. And I believe there's a time where God kind of says, okay, now it's time you've been trained. God has been ch changing your heart. He has been um, shifting the ways that you live and your character, and, and he's transforming you as women from the inside out through this motherhood process. And I believe it's for a greater calling, that there's something more to come. When your kids one day leave, you'll still always parent them, you'll still always shepherd and care for them, but there's a day where that, that kuleana that God has put on your heart is going to go be bigger than that. And so I, I would pray this, because I see it, in, especially in youth group, when kids graduate from high school, it's kind of like, oh, now what? <laughs> it's almost like we lose our calling as parents when that step happens and our, our kids kind of grow up. But guess what? It's not over. Your job to shepherd, your calling to love and to care for people into the kingdom of God, to use those mothering gifts in the kingdom of God, it's just the beginning. Amen? Even when your kids leave, it's just the beginning. And so what I want to do is I actually want to show you some testimonies from moms in our church because this process changes you, and I'm not the one to tell you what that looks like because <laughs> I can't. But here's what I've seen. I've seen in my own wife uh, God do a, an amazing work in her. Things in her mind shift. Things in her heart change. When we, when our literally, like right when baby came out the womb, like just she became a different person. Her, her goals, her longings became different. And I can see from the outside, okay, what is this thing that's happening in motherhood? God, what are you doing in here? And I would love to hear just kind of from women's perspectives, women's in our church, mothers in our church, how God has shaped them uh, through this process of motherhood. So let's take a look at this video and see what they have to say. I feel like when you become a mom, you get a superpower of being super aware of the people around you, of things being said, um, and I think with that, I have gotten a deeper love for not only my daughter, but um, for everyone around me because they are a son or a daughter or a mom or a dad. And I have more compassion um, on, with those moms that have crying kids in the store or on the airplane. And I realize that I want my daughter to know um, how to be kind to others and how and why to be kind and why to love others. One thing that has changed me is just knowing that I have two pieces of my heart out there in the world and just knowing that God will take care of them and 
I can only do my best and just let them be who they're going to be and just send them out in the world with God's blessing. At my daughter-in-law's baby shower, one of my son's friends uh, told him, it's not about you anymore. And it really makes you think, you know, I, I never um, really thought about it, but that is so true and so wise. Because um, once baby comes, everything changes, your priorities, your focus, just everything. Um, but it is so worth um, all the change and all the, um, yeah, everything that comes with it. It's so worth it. I became a mom right after I turned 19 years old and um, it's probably been the most unreal experience ever. I thought I was the queen of everything and I was ready and it was going to be so easy and fun and cute to have a baby but clearly that was not uh, what God had in store for me. Um, it was a huge learning experience. Um, patience and understanding and putting someone else before me and my wants and um, you know it's it's had its trials and its tribulations but you know we figured it out we made it work and she's still alive <laughs> um, you know and then I decided to do it again 19 years later I had my son and um, you know I was at a point in my life where I thought my daughter's gonna go off to college and I'm gonna have a lot more freedom. And then God blessed Ed and I, myself, with um, our son. And um, he's been an absolute joy. I think one of the greatest joys is watching my daughter grow. Um, when she looks into my eyes and she just, it's like she's staring into my soul and she just does a little smile. And um, I'm just, it, just knowing that I have the opportunity to walk with her through her life and through her struggles and through um, her achievements, I am excited. Uh, when our family gets together with the, all the children, with the children, I only have two kids, so the children and the grandchildren and um, just enjoying each other, um, playing well together and just, um, just seeing that love amongst each person in the family. The greatest joy for me being a mom is definitely watching my two daughters grow up and become amazing women. We have Jade who's 20 in her second year of college at UW in Seattle and Lily's going to be graduating next year. She's a junior. Just watching them come into themselves and grow mature and becoming these incredible sisters that are just great daughters to Mike and I and great sisters to each other is just such a blessing. But I think through this experience, um, now that my daughter is an adult and I have um, a four-year-old son, just knowing that further than leaving a legacy for my kids for what they remember me by is what kind of an example have I been for them, not just as a mom to them, but as an example of a Christian woman, a woman of God, a woman uh, or a mom that made sure that they knew God and they knew how much God loved them and the importance of um, developing a relationship with God and that's definitely something my mom did for me. Um, I never appreciated it until I got older 
and uh, was an adult and remembered back and saw how consistent my mom was with her relationship with God and her prayer, her constant prayer. And for me, that's what would make me the happiest is to know that I've done my part of making sure that my kids know God and know how to serve God and um, live a life that just honors Him. One of the greatest joys being a mother is definitely being able to watch and to walk alongside each and every one of my children, whether it be in big moments or small moments, to see them grow into all that God has created and purposed for them to be in on this side of heaven is and always will be an honor. With every ups and downs, with even the sideways moments, with left fielders, with pits, we fall into or even the mountain climbing moments it's worth every single moment that we share as a family to have laughter even sorrow even heartache even passionate communication sessions even the disciplining moments as being a mom is is a joy it may not be in the moment but to see god's fruit just flourish from every single push through every single prayer is worth it all and i'm so blessed to be called mom and just to have all the blessings that god has given to me not just from my opu but all the ones that god has given to fill my heart love you all aloha aloha and happy mother's day to all you moms out there happy mother's day everybody Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there and just enjoy the journey. Take care. All right. Thank you, moms. What a beautiful job. And there's so much like wisdom in there that I wish we could just kind of like stop, pause it. Let's talk about that. But it's just so good. Thank you guys for your, your wisdom and just sharing your experience of motherhood with us. Um, the one thing, man, I was just watching that again, and I just love, um, kind of as Messina was saying at the end, was how this process of mothering looks so wild in some seasons of life. And you moms know that more than anybody. There's sideways moments, there's backwards, there's upwards, there's fighting, there's pulling, there's shoving, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But here's what's great. And I talk to my youth about this all the time, don't worry. When God says to honor your father and your mother, it's to recognize that even in those difficult times, the banner of stewarding you as kingdom citizens, as raising you to be a child, a son or a daughter of God, is still at the top of that priority. So even when we don't see it, even when mom and dad seem to be taking my freedom and they seem to be not understanding me, it's because they know and they care at a level that's deeper than I understand. Amen? And so all of us have this. Whether you're grown, I still get that kind of attitude with my own mother, even though we're all grown up now. It's like, Mom, do you even understand me? And it's like, no, she understands me at a level that I don't even understand myself. This is the power of motherhood. And so here's what I just want to encourage you. I just want to kind of let their, their testimony speak for themselves, but I want to encourage mothers in a few ways here. All this to say, moms, we see Jesus in you. And this is what's the most important part of this process of motherhood is that Jesus, this is what's beautiful, if I can say it this way. What's so beautiful about Jesus is we, he, the Bible calls him the new Adam. And so we recognize that Jesus is the, the firstborn who never sinned, who was tempted by the enemy but didn't cave the way Adam did. He is the new Adam. He's bringing a new creation. It's going to be amazing. But we don't talk about him as the new Eve. 
He is the new one who brings life. We are reborn. We are rebirthed through Christ. Isn't that amazing? And now the child pains, this is why the child pains matter, because the, the pains of childbirth, the pains of being born, no longer are carried in the human spirit, but he says the child pains are in the world because he's rebirthing the world into something brand new. And so this is what's amazing is Christ has become the new Eve where we don't bear the curse of pain and childbearing because we are transformed in Christ. We are made new through him. He births us, he raises us, he nurtures us. And so women, this is Jesus in you. When you raise your kids, when you speak life into them, you are doing what Jesus has been directly doing to all of us for so long. And for all of us, some of us are like, wait, God is a, a woman? We kind of get all weird with that. But here's the idea, that God is no male, no female. It says that in the image of God, he created them, male and female. We both bear God's image together. And this is something that's unique to women. And so here's the Here's the, the encouragement. It says, we see Jesus alive in you. We see him in the way you sustain life. We see it. We see it in the way that you shape our character, the way that you call us out on stuff when we don't want you to. <laughs> we see it in the way you encourage us when we're down, the way that you're so selfless in the way you do that. We see him in the way that you change hearts that moms have this very beautiful way of bringing us to reality in a space that's loving and it's safe and it's comfortable. And so I can really kind of re-get a new perspective on the situation when I'm with mom. She has this heart to help me change my heart. And, and a big part of that, and we saw it in the video, is sacrifice. I love this. This is where Jesus comes alive to me when I see mothers. Is when you birth a child, Sandy said it best, the weirdest thing that happens is like, oh, life's not about you anymore. You have someone else that's ahead of you to take care of. And men, we have this too. Fathers take care of this too. But mothers do this in a way that we can't even comprehend sometimes. That they are so for you. Their hearts are so for you. Their minds are so focused on you as their kid that we often don't even realize that they have put everything on hold in their own life for you that they've put plans on hold, they've put their agendas on hold, that their mind has stopped longing for their own selfish longings because they have something more important in their child. That's a beautiful thing. So moms, we see Christ in that. We never, and I tr tell you this, your kids might not recognize it all the time. You might be like, I'm sacrificing, I am slaving away, and you are not recognizing anything I'm doing for you. We see it. <laughs> we love it. And we, none of us would be where we are without moms in your sacrifice for us. And so may we as young moms too be that same way as Des said so poignantly. May the way my mom raised me be the way that I raise my kids. May that be my heart, my spirit is to sacrifice for them. And the last thing that's not out there too, I, I just thought of too, is one thing I, I recognize in my own wife. She has these really beautiful and unique connections to all our kids. And this is where I see Jesus. And fathers are like this too. But when my wife is with my daughter Esther, there is this, this beautiful, like, mother-daughter-sisterhood situation going on where my, I can see my daughter literally copying Meg. I can see Esther just becoming Megan more every day. Her interests are the same. When Meg dresses a certain way, she wants to dress that way. So this role model that she is, my, my wife is literally modeling the way of Christ for my daughter. What a beautiful thing. And their time together is so precious, and it's so... Uh, girly, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Then I see my son Jude when she's with Meg, and Jude is just so satisfied. He was a mama's boy. True story, I couldn't hold Jude, I'm not even kidding, as his father, I couldn't hold him for like two years. 
He just kicked me. He wanted nothing to do with me. And my mom's like, chickens are coming home to roost because you were like that. I couldn't hand you to anybody. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize I did that. But here's the thing. When he's with his mother, he is so satisfied. He will do anything to please her. He will do anything to keep her one minute longer, to read a book a little bit longer. And when she gives him approval, when she gives him a kiss, when she gives him a touch, it means the world to him. It's such a precious, very unique to him. And then we have our baby Micah. And Micah, well, <laughs> he's smitten with her. He is uh, through the roof. And so when, when Micah, uh, Micah, I'll just put it this way, he is not himself when mom isn't home. He needs mom to be home to feel like he knows who he is. And I feel like all of us have a little piece of that in our hearts, yeah? Is when mom is here, I know a little bit deeper who I am. And so the spiritual process of you guys nurturing us to know who we are in Christ is such an important part of God's calling in your life. And so you might have kids who have been gone or are leaving. You might have uh, never had kids of your own. But I promise you today that this morning that your banner over your life to shepherd, to care, to nurture. These are words that are also given to the Holy Spirit, I should add. That these are God's traits in your life are how God's going to use you to make massive impacts in your life. And the relationships are going to be beautiful. And so what I want to do is um, I actually want to ask if you're a woman, whether you're a mother or not, can you stand? And I, I know this is awkward, but what I want to do is I want to pray for you all. I want to say a prayer for every woman, every mother in our church because I want this, um, the idea, not just the idea, but I want the practicality of this calling that God has put in your lives to come alive in your relationships. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, could you stand? And men, as they stand, can we clap for them? I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but it's good, good exercise, I promise. So let's bow our heads. And men, if your wife or your mom is around, you can lay hands or just raise a hand. But let's just pray over our mothers in this moment. Jesus, we thank you so much for every woman here. And God, we are so grateful for the uniqueness of the relationship you have with each one of them. We thank you, God, for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit and the way that they have, um, the way that they see the world and the way that they love and the way that they sacrifice. And Lord, I just want to thank you specifically for the moms, the ones who are shaping the next generation, the ones who are training up a new generation of warriors, of leaders, of, uh, of scholars, of pastors, of, of influencers. We thank you, Lord, that their heart connection to you is going to pay massive dividends through the generations. We thank you, Jesus, for their care, the sacrifice that it's taken, the careers they've put on hold, um, the, the longings and desires that they haven't had time for because of their commitment to their own children. And God, we see you in that. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would fulfill this calling for our young women, Lord, and our young mothers, God. I pray for just a future of an outpouring of this motherly spirit, whether it's over young kids, whether it's over family members, whoever may come in their path, God, I pray that this, this banner of loving and caring compassionately over people would just reign true in their life, that you'd give beautiful opportunities to make that real for them. So Jesus, we are just here to, this morning to say we love them. We're so grateful for them. We thank you, Jesus, that we can see you so beautifully in each woman here. We love you and pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Can we give them one more round of applause? Actually, sorry, keep standing. You know what? We actually have a gift for you this morning. So if you're a woman, if you're a mom or if you're a young woman, has not, maybe we'll be a mom one day. We went practical this year. We got you chocolates and flowers. Is that cool? Awesome. So here they, they're coming. They're on their way. But I want to, as you remain standing, I want to just elevate one more thing. Is that 
Last point is this, the blessings of Christ manifest in motherhood. What I mean by that is that Christ has so many blessings for us as a people, and the way that you have shown us what motherhood looks like, the way that that manifests in your life, I just want to encourage you that we see Jesus in that. So you have a chocolate coming your way, but one last thing I want to do before we take, we have a beautiful opportunity. Um, we're going to have um, Aki Shinoda dance for us. She's from Japan, but she's from in New Hope, Oahu, on their Halau team, and she's going to dance a song that I want you to receive this morning. As you're receiving chocolates, can you also receive the message of the song, which is that you are a blessing. And not just a blessing and be like, oh my gosh, you're a blessing, but you are taking the things of God and making them real on this earth through your motherhood. And so let's welcome um, Aki as she comes to dance here this morning. Can we give him some warm aloha?
Oh, man. Thank you so much, Aki. Can we keep it going? How beautiful was that? That was amazing. Let's all stand together as we close here this morning. And my prayer is this, is that when we say you're a blessing, here's what it means to be under the blessing of God. You're under his favor. You're under his protection. That the, we find safety and security in God through you. And so please, moms, go from today and recognize how blessed we are to have you in our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so grateful for who you are. And more importantly, God, here this morning, we are so thankful for the moms who scold us, for the moms who shepherd us, the moms who wipe our tears, the moms who put band-aids on our knees, all the way to the moms who do our work for us in the middle of the night, the moms who do our chores for us. We know, Lord, in between all of these acts of service, there is a heart to see us shaped to be more like you. And so, Jesus, we are so grateful that you would send these women in our lives to shape us, to mold us, to be better than we could be without them. And God, I pray for just generational blessing for every family here, Lord, that the, the decisions, the faith of the women in this room, Lord, would reap huge harvest in the future, that their kids and their kids and their kids would know you, would see you, and would be loved by you. So Jesus, we pray all of this in your name. We pray blessing and favor over all of these beautiful wahine in our church, Ohana, here this morning. God, we love you and pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.